Warning. Geesebumps is a comedy podcast based on the works of R.L. Stein. Any similarity to an actual literature podcast is coincidental and unintentional. A stranger in the night. From the minute Jenny accepted the Hagen babysitting job, she knew she had made a mistake. First, there was the dark and disheveled Hagen house, moaning and groaning with her every step. Then the crank phone call started. Hi, babes. Are you alone? Company's coming. When Jenny discovered a creepy neighbor prowling in the backyard and a threatening note in her backpack, she realized this wasn't a harmless game. But who would want to hurt her? What kind of maniac wanted to scare Jenny to death? Why did that turn me on? Do I want to have sex with a house? That house was banging. That house was banging. Sign me up. Put me, put me right on top of the list. Welcome to Geesebumps, uh, Did You Mean Goosebumps podcast. My name is Danielle, and I have a PhD. My name is Jojo, and I have a PhD. My name is Jeff, and I have had it up to here with Cheerios trying to market their Cheerios Medley Crunch cereal. Stop what trying is, to cross-pollinate. What is Cheerios Medley Crunch? Okay, so let me tell you about, about the horror that is Cheerios Medley Crunch. First of all, big cereal fan. Right. We all are. We've all dabbled. For sure. Like in our, yeah. in our early years, in our teens. Oh, man, we're still dabbling. We're still swimming. Yeah, but I have to do still it after Still exploring that cereal space. Still exploring that milky, white, crunchy, goopy space. What's wrong with your milk that it's goopy? But anyways. Uh, Cheerios has a brand of cereal that's called Cheerios Medley Crunch. And what it does is it takes Cheerios, Honey Nut Cheerios, which is a cereal that is... Not exciting or not necessarily interesting, but it's solid. 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 If you're just like, I need a cereal, Honey Nut Cheerios. Solid choice. Right. And any and any port in a storm cereal. Yes. They take the regular Honey Nut Cheerios and they took what is essentially honey bunches of oats and they mixed them together. No. They took two cereals that no, independently no, no. were staples of my breakfast and then combine them into some Frankenstein's monster. Because they, well, they had those two cereals together, Jeff. And it's like, I want the joy of honey, but I want the clusters of oat. And I could eat two bowls of cereal, but there's got to be a better way. Here's the issue. Flakes and Cheerios do not absorb milk at the same rate. That is very... Daniel, you're bringing the science up in this, and I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, because by the time that the Honey Nut Cheerios are nice and, like, like stewed, the flakes are just, like, like limp little pieces of seaweed. Yeah, and you know what? I like my flakes hard and erect when I'm eating my cereal. I, I want need my, I want my little... A hard flake. I want, I want my flakes, and I want my little O's to be both hard as shit when I am crunching on those bad boys in the morning. So, if Cheerios... Get your house in order. Mm-hmm. Fix your shit. Fix your shit, dude, because you shit. are not making my top 10 list this year. Top 10 cereals, not Honey Crunch Medley. So, guys, what did we read for this week? 
This week we read The Babysitter, which is a, a an RL classic from 1989. And unfortunately, the start of a trilogy. Wasn't it a wasn't it a tetralogy? Wasn't there four? God, don't do not don't say know. that. So, Joe, you have don't a give bit, him ideas. Joe, you have some more background as to why we read the Babysitter. Give us some of that background. Why do we read this book? Well, they're they're making a show. If I remember correctly, is going to be made into a television program. Mm. I believe that that's the pl- that's the idea. I am so excited for that because I cannot wait to compare whatever plot the TV writers come up with with the plot of the book because one is a little disadvantaged. Yeah. Yes. The the, the young adult horse uh, novel series will be adapted to a TV show. They have not much information on it other than like a picture of a hand coming through a door, which I think what just might be a, a I remember that scene in the book when they oh, hand yeah. the door. Oh, yeah. That hand that just came through the door and stood there. So this is not a Goosebumps book. This is an R.L. Stein. This is an R.L. Stein original. This is an R.L. Stein novel. Yeah, it's an it's a it's a side piece of R.L. Stein's. It sure is, because it does not measure up, bud. It is. Oh dang, Danielle! All the side pieces out there mad at you. Cancel Danielle. Well, you know what? Side pieces gotta try harder. Just what I'm saying. Be a main piece, side pieces. Try yeah. that shit. Yeah, try that shit. But this is a this is not Goosebumps. This is not Fear Street. Um, this is more in line with the Fear Street vibe. Mm-hmm. Yes, this is more of along the older the, the, Yeah, this could, this could easily have been a Fear Street yes, novel. Yes, and sure. I, I actually I think that's kind of, to me, it's sort of weird that it's not. Same, but I think he didn't have Fear Street when this came out. I think this precedes, this, this predates Fre- yeah. Fear Street possibly. Well, and also I feel like this book this book is slightly longer. It, it feels like it feels long. It feels longer. It um, felt long. It felt real long. It felt its length. I guess instead of trying to explain the book in broad strokes, maybe we should um, actually go into the synopsis of it. We might want to give the plot, yeah. such as it is, the babysitter. Um, the babe sits. The sitter of babes. Twitter, Jeff, Yeah. with your lowly community college education. Hey, hey, hey. San Joaquin Delta College is a one of the most prestigious junior colleges in California, I'll have you know. All right, Jeff, I'm going to put one minute on the clock. Give us the plot of R.L. Stein's 1989 young adult thriller, The Babysitter. And go. All right, The Babysitter stars Laura. No, it doesn't. It stars Jenny. <laughs> she is a... <laughs> Jenny's a high school student who is uh, going to a babysitting job on the other side of town for the Hagens, uh, who is a uh, couple who has a child named Donnie, who she uh, found and kind of saved at the mall randomly and then fell in love with his Aryan, uh, his, his perfect Aryan features to the point where she offered to babysit. Uh, as she is babysitting for him, she has some other uh, drama that is happening with school with her best friend, Laura, dating a bunch of different guys, and then her kind of falling for a guy named Chuck, who is a big class clown. Uh, when she is babysitting, she notices that there is some creepiness happening around the house. There's a neighbor who is sort of stalking the area. Um, the dad, Mr. Hagen, is bonkers and is extremely anxious. And also there have been reports of babysitters in town being brutally attacked uh, in the newspapers, and I'm assuming Time. on the news. Wow, I got through nothing. That I sucks. Mean, you gave us a good foundation to start with. I like it. So, yeah, unfortunately, I only got to, like, the back of the book plot. 
Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I'd... Well, Joe, so you got to put yourself yeah, on the Joe, mic. you do better. Come on. Yes, I can do this. I can fucking, I can fucking yeah, do yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, let's see. Hype yourself up. You need a hype man, Daniel. Hype JoJo up. Be his hype man. Come on, you fucker. Pops are sweaty. Mom's spaghetti. Don't you, you know? tag Eminem right now. You get the fuck out of there. Okay, I'm going to summon the power of Marshall and Nathers. Which sounds like a brand of soap, right? It really does. Or like a like a, a cross street. Like I live at the corner of Marshall and Mathers. Yeah. All right, here we go. And <sighs> fuck, is nervous. Boop. Uh, Jenny is a high school senior. She's her main character. She accepts a job babysitting at the Hagen's house. The Hagen have a son named Donnie that she rescued at the mall. He's a very young Aryan Hitler youth type boy who's very fun and rambunctious and smart for his age. Um, when she's babysitting uh, Donnie, she starts receiving weird calls from someone calling saying like, hey, uh, babes, I'm going to come over and fuck you up or whatever. Um, the, most of the book is her going to the Hagen's house on Saturdays and Thursdays, babysitting Donnie who tries to scare her, her walking through the house scared and her seeing spooky shit and then her leaving. Um, over the course of this uh, adventure, she falls in love with a guy named Chuck who it turns out he he tells her that I called you at the Hagen's house. He made a scary phone call, and she's like, oh, my God, you made a scary phone call. I don't know if I can like you, but then she does anyway. Um, but it turns out that Chuck, even though he made a spooky call to the house, it wasn't the actual spooky call of the guy saying, hey, babes, I'm going to come fuck you up. And then eventually all of her friends come to vi visit her at the house one night, and then she falls asleep, and then Mr. Hagen comes by and is like, hey, uh, you brought your friends over. I'm going to drive you home. And then we're driving home. It turns out that Mr. Hagen was actually bonkers, and he hates babysitters because he thinks a babysitter killed his first kid, and he tries to kill her, and then the next-door neighbor, who's his detective, shoves him off a quarry the end yeah, <laughs> that yeah. was like <laughs> very that was that was so similar rushed. to the abrupt ending of, <laughs> of the story itself we when i, I got to I, as we were reading the finale of the book i was like something's got to happen there's only 10 pages so, left. something's got to happen there's yeah. 10 pages yeah. left and i'm like something's got to happen there's eight pages left something's got to happen there's two pages left and then the last two pages you're like oh i don't think something should happen i don't think something should happen yet well i i literally thought that this book might end with a cliffhanger <laughs> but it, it ended with a cliff dead. No, Jeff, he just went over the fucking cliff. Yeah, he died. He's dead. But yeah, I thought that was like, it was getting so close to the end that I was like, are we going to have to read the second book to know what happens? At the, is this going to be a, is this Infinity War and I have to read Endgame? Do not do this to me, RL. So, Danielle, do you think you'll be able to, to smush out? A two-minute synopsis. All right, I'm going to try. So, Danielle, I'm going to time it from my end, and I'm going to give you a little signal when you have 30 seconds left because Joe doesn't do that because he doesn't care about it. <laughs> mm, I'd, I'd fight you on it, but I don't <laughs> disagree. <laughs> I burped. Sorry. I burped. Okay, here we go. This, The Babysitter, is a book about not Laura, Jenny. Laura's Jenny's friend who gets all the attention from boys and people because she's pretty. Jenny herself is a very, very anxious person. And RL makes that clear to you by having her constantly question everything that happens at every single moment. And it's infuriating. So we have her and she's babysitting for this little Aryan child. We have Mr. Aryan who's fucking like, like seems to be losing his balls and Mrs. Arian, who's just trying to, like, keep him caged. And Jenny goes to babysit for them. First time, it's fine. Even the second time, fine. Third time, fucking Chuck. Fucking Chuck, boy from school who has a crush, comes over. And, and he, he thinks he runs off right as Mr. Arian's coming home. And like she, and that he didn't see it, but she, he, <laughs> I want to make Mr. Arian a she, I'm sorry. I just think it would be better that way. So he, uh, 
Yes, but he saw. He saw that she had Chuck over. And then next time, her fucking friends, not knowing that she's going to get her ass beat if she brings people over, just show up at the fucking house while she's babysitting. And then guess who comes home while there's two people making out in one room and two people making out in another it's the Aryans. And then he gets real mad and he takes Jenny and instead of driving her home, he drives her to a quarry and he tries to throw her off a cliff, but he misses and he dives right over her, right face fucking down into the quarry. Boom. 15 seconds left. You want to say anything else to the kids at home? He smushes like a carton of eggs on the sidewalk. Give us a little bit of a sound effect. What's it? <laughs> oh. Whoa. Whoa. Wow. <laughs> Ouch. You know what? It, it wasn't real before, but now it is. Yeah, that really drove it home for me. I didn't. I was just Jesus reading. Jesus Christ. Gee, God, I don't. Well, now I don't know the kids should read this. Yeah, we got to put a disclaimer on this episode yeah, now. It's it gets a, too real. Hey, hey, this is a parents-only podcast yeah, now. I, this is a not safe for work right now. Did you, if you're listening... If you're listening, you can listen to this while you bang. That's how adult this podcast is. Do you think anyone's listened to us talk about goosebumps while banging? If you're going to take <laughs> your shirt off and hug your lover, let me tell you about these spooky tales and tricks. I'm going to choose not to follow that particular route <laughs> of uh, hypothetical. Yeah, basically it's a suspense thriller where babysitters are getting beat the fuck up. And it turns out the person who uh, hired our babysitter is the one doing the beating. Yeah. I mean, how else do you think he finds the babysitters? This is, Joe, beforehand, Joe was saying that this is a very straightforward book, which it is. It's not a Goosebumps book, so it's In lacking. terms of, like, things that happen, yeah. it's pretty straightforward. It's, it's high schoolers doing high school things. It's babysitters doing babysitter things. It, yeah, it's it's getting into, um, you know, the absolute bare minimum of, a, of what a book called The Babysitter would presumably be about. Correct. A woman is babysitting a kid yep, yep. and buck wild shit happens while she babysits and she feels as if she's going to be attacked while babysitting. It's kind of getting at that fear of I'm alone. I'm with a child who I have to protect, but I am alone. But I am a child myself. And yeah. Yes. Also, she yes. is a child. <laughs> that is also the thing. I'm in a strange goddamn house that apparently has like fucking boarded up windows and shit. Yeah. She's basically babysitting this Aryan child in a crack in a house. haunted house. I, yeah. I would just be waiting for like a meth addict to like come up and try to crawl through the window. That would be my yeah. fear. So this book has a lot of little details which I'm sure we'll get into, but like it's as far as a thriller for a teen goes, I'm fine with it. Sure. Yeah. And I mean, it's such a, a not a departure necessarily, but it's such a, a, a different take on the horror genre than, than we've had from R.L. Stein. And I would really love if we could get R.L. Stein's. Well, R.L. Stein has, uh, has asked us, um, specifically that we cannot speak to him outside of the context of him, uh, watching over, Danielle. So uh, let's tuck Danielle into bed and then call oh. R.L. Stein over. Oh, he's going to tell me a story? He's going to tell us a story. You, however, are on timeout. Go to bed. Oh. Yeah, Danielle, you can't be around. It's adult stuff happening when R.L. Stein comes around. So you got to go to bed. You're right. I'm scared. I'm going to hide under the covers. Okay, Danielle. Okay, Danielle's tucked in bed. Told her a story. Hello. Oh, God. <laughs> Hello. Shh, I heard Danielle. it was story time. Danielle's sleeping. Shh. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Nice that you could come by on such short notice, Robert Lawrence Stein. Yeah, don't tell don't tell our parents that we had an Arl Stein over. They'll get mad because we're babysitting Danielle. <laughs> Not only did I tell them, 
I gave them bats to use when they find you. Oh, that's terrifying. That's terrifying. Like that. Yes. Robert Robert Lewis. No. Lawrence. No. Lawrence. No. Sorry. Oh no. That, no. That. I always get those two mixed up. You no. You've never gotten it right, to okay. be honest. But okay. um, uh, my name is Robin Leach Stein. Robin Leach. Robin, Robin Leach. L e a c h l e e c h. I believe he was L e a c h. You may recall him as the host of fancy fucking houses for fancy people in the eighties. And I was named in his honor. Yeah, as a matter of fact, this is the, the host of Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. Exactly what I said. So so you your name is based off of his or his name's based off of you? Oh no, no, my parents named me in honor of him okay. before he was famous, see? So I'm the OG, really. So listen, um, we read uh, a book of yours. Did maybe, you? Then? Maybe you've heard of it. Maybe you haven't. I don't know. Mm, I may have forgotten. Go ahead. It's uh, titled The Babysitter. Oh, The Babysitter. Oh, The Babysitter. We, uh, we, we, we read it and we liked it. You better have liked it. I don't know. I think we're saying we liked it because you're here. If you turned your back, who knows? What? Uh, but we, we have a, a couple of questions, primarily... Heck, what the heck is this book about? Yeah. That's a very good question, and I'm so glad that you asked. Oh, I want to I have a good question to ask sometime. Yeah, well, you better think. Think fast, yeah, son. Get your shit together, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this book is, in fact, about the trauma of not being recognized as a full person. So let's begin with Jenny. Yeah, let's start with her. Yeah, all roads begin with Jenny. All roads start at Jenny. So... Here's the problem. No one, none of the characters in the book, ever see Jenny as a whole person. Laura sees her as a sidekick. Uh, Chuck sees her as a conquest. Uh, Mr. Arian sees her as a good, good beat-up contestant. <laughs> <laughs> Is that in your notes when you were writing this? Good beat-up contestant. contestant. Okay. Yes. Um, so she herself can't even see herself as a whole person. Hence why I used my narrative prowess to make her question every fucking moment of her life. She seems to be definitely living some sort of Schrodinger's cat reality. Am I real? Am I not? Am I real? <laughs> Am I not? There we go. There we go. All right. Sh Schrodinger. Schrodinger. What did you say? What did I say? You said Schrodinger. Wait, was I don't hear a difference. Yeah, there's no difference. Sh Schrodinger. Oh, I like Dinger better. Yeah, I like Dinger better. That's because it's the correct way to say it. What? Schrodinger. Anyway. The cat who never dies, or does he? <laughs> <laughs> Schrodinger, the cat that never dies. <laughs> so so she's constantly Hang questioning. On, we gotta stop. So listen. <laughs> Now, does he go on adventures or does he run a store? Schrodinger, the cat that never dies. It's You'll one never or the know. other. You never know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. What's, what's going to happen on this episode? You'll never fucking know. No, you won't. You'll question everything about Schrodinger. Oh, the Schrodinger will get to you, baby. Schrodinger, the cat that never dies. Schrodinger, the cat that never dies, definitely ends the season with a, it was all a dream. Or, or was, was it? it? 
Schrodinger, the cat that never dies. There's so many commercial breaks on every episode of Schrodinger. Because we just love the title. It's so fucking good. Okay, first of all, everyone listening, we copyrighted Schrodinger, the cat that never dies. Uh, so TM, 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 TM. <laughs> Obviously. We've already got the, the domain, so fuck you all. We don't know what he looks like. He could look different in every scene. Is the website Schrodinger.cat? Oh, shit. We could crowdsource the show on, like, on like, like everyone draw your own Schrodinger. I would just animate <gasps> him in. Well, because if, 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 Schroding, if Schrodinger it could be any cat, then to get around labor laws with cats, we actually use a different cat for every single scene. Yes. And we did not pay them a standard <laughs> wage, obviously. This is not a union. This is not a union cat job. Or is it? God damn, it's it's really hard working Dinger. on Schrodinger. <laughs> okay, all right. So, um, <clears throat> constantly questions herself. Constantly questioning herself, and so what I'm trying to explore, you see here, is what it's like to exist in a world as a sort of fractured identity, where you are being recognized as whatever the particular person looking at you wants to see. You become functional. You function as whatever it is they want you to be. Like a social chameleon. Yes. And so you have no core of your own. You have no chance to express yourself fully. You, you, it's not clear whether you're alive or, or dead. Or you're alive or dead. Whether you're going to be piloting a hot air balloon or taking part in a foot race. A uh, baby or sitter. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? You could be, could be both. She's both a baby <gasps> and she's a And sitter. she sits. Amazing. Here's what I want to uh, point out. I think that I did a quite nice job of bundling all these themes up at the end. Because here we have a scene. We have Jenny standing on the edge of a cliff, right? And we have Mr. Arian. And he only sees Jenny as the sort of reflection, the, the, the segment of his own rage, he doesn't see her as a person. And so, when he runs at her and he doesn't see that she has moved, he takes him to his death. You see, he couldn't recognize her as a person. And thus... Having her own uh, agency. That's right. She both was there... And was and then not. was not there. Like uh, your favorite cartoon <laughs> cat and mine. Schrodinger! The cat that never dies. <laughs> or did he? Or is it? That's gonna. That's the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Arl Stein, that was a very, very. Uh, that cleared some things up. I'm glad. Yes, it was supposed to be obnoxious to read. Yeah, it was very obnoxious. Was intentional. To read. Yes. yes. It's been a nightmare. Yeah. It's the nightmare of being seen as half a person. Constantly questioning. If you were right, if you're wrong, if you're going left, if you're going right. Yeah. Are you pretty? Are you not? Yeah. Are you a foot? Are you a hand? Is this, is this guy interested in me or is he trying to kill me? Oh, uh, yes. That is the question. We're all, we've all been there. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, thank you, R.L. Stein. That thank was a you, very... Thank you, R.L. Stein. I appreciate the time you took to tell us about this. Oh, God damn it. What, Jeff? R.L. Stein's diatribe about the plot of this book has woken up Danielle and now she needs her bottle. I'm thirsty. Oh, Danielle, you have to go back to bed, sweetie. I'm thirsty. Papa, well, I'm thirsty. Well, here's, here's your insulin. Have <laughs> fun with it. <laughs> Danielle, Danielle. Sup it down. Drink this insulin. Will you go back to bed if I give you a gun? 
You do what? Yeah, I will. I'll, I'll do that compromise. Is there monsters under your bed? Would this gun help scare Would those gun monsters kill away? Them? Would a yeah. gun kill the under the bed monsters? Who knows? But we're going to find out. All right. Well, Arl Stein, thank you for your time. Danielle's awoken up now. She's fussy. She has a gun now, so you might want to. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, we we uh, we all, as, as in traditional Geese Bumps fashion, we split up the babysitter into a couple of discrete sections where we can point out um, specific things that we feel are noteworthy or important. And uh, Jeff, I do believe you requested to take the first section, chapters one through seven. That is inaccurate. Then uh, fuck me, I guess. <laughs> I, or I is it? Or do you? So Danielle, Danielle opted to take the beginning portion. Very, very well, Danielle. Um, although this is the first I'm hearing of it, please uh, <laughs> tell us about the, the opening part of The Babysitter. I don't have a copy of the book, so, I mean, I don't, it's fine. Um, but I just want you to know that I have no idea where the fuck my cutoff is, so I'm just going to go. Well, no, well, I can tell you. No, I'm just going to go. Well, why did I split it up if you're just going to go? I don't know. You can't contain me, okay? So, so your chapters one through seven. Cool. I can tell you where that ends. No. Because then if you're going to clip over to other people's stuff we should know about it ahead of time i don't think that's fun well it's kind of hard to work around that so. or is it schrodinger the cat that's hard to work with what do you have for us danielle i i choose uh the section where she um uh, is at the 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 they're at a restaurant chuck and jenny they're at the pizza oven yeah and laura's there for a second and then she bounces Okay, so that's chapter five. Uh, she is at uh, the pizza oven with with Laura, her best friend, her BFF. And so, since I don't have the book, I'm, I mean, Jeff, you could read the passage, or yeah, I could if, just reenact if you, it. If you I can, mean, if you can paraphrase it, I can find it. Okay. So, after Jenny, uh, after Laura bounces, Jenny and Chuck are alone at this restaurant, and Chuck is doing the most. And before. Like she's got the steak knife in her hand and she's prepared to stick it in his neck. But right before then, he stops being a dipshit for one second and gets serious and says something serious and then goes back to being a dipshit again. Jenny says, well, I'd like this is on page 45. Uh, well, I'd like to go out with you sometime. She said surprised that she could say these things, but that she could talk to, so easily to him. But I have a job. I babysit on Thursday and Saturday nights. And then uh, Chuck says that how about Saturday morning? We could get up early and go watch cars being washed at the quick wash. We could pretend it was one of those beach movies. And then Jenny says, I don't think so. And then Chuck says, I've got a better idea. I'll come by on Saturday night when you're babysitting. And Jenny says, that's a bad idea. And then Chuck goes, was that a yes? And then Jenny says, Nas, no. And he cups his ear to one hand and says, I can't hear you. You said yes. And then Jenny says, no, I said no. And then he goes, what time should I come by? And she says, I said, no, I don't want you to do that. And then he says, please don't beg. I'll come. Nine o'clock, too late. Chuck, she's hated the peevish tone in her voice. Couldn't help it. Don't you know when to stop? No. <laughs> when? That's what I'm asking. When should I stop by? And then she got angry. You're not funny. Who's being funny? I'm serious. Was he deliberately trying to drive her away? <laughs> no, he's just not good at interacting with live things. And then, and then, and then finally she says, I, I gotta go. <laughs> 
I chose this section because it was agonizing to read. <laughs> it was a repeat of Danielle and mine's first date. <laughs> Haven't I mean we've all been in that scenario at some point, right? Yes. And that's I think what made it particularly like oh painful to read. And then the, the thing that obviously catches my attention is the fact that he's just like he does he doesn't let her have a single boundary. Like she doesn't, he, he crosses every boundary that she tries to put down. He puts pizza in his pocket. Yeah. He, and then he puts pizza in his pocket like a fucking psycho. But he eats the pizza out of his pocket. Yeah, Did like he put pizza in his pocket? Psycho. Yes. He nibbled it. As a goof, he put pizza in his pocket. In his pocket? In his pocket. Yes. And then he eats and then it. he pulled it out later and ate it. Can you imagine? Ew. It's just, it. it's a linty. Ew. Now, what Chuck should have done was was turned up that charm meter just a little bit. Does he have one? Does he, he does. have access he to has that it, meter? He has, he has it set to juvenile cute, but what he should have set it to was cheesy pickup line. Oh, yeah. you think that would have worked? I think yes. it would have helped him. I think it would have made her less let's, angry. Uh, so let's, let's, let's do this. Now, Jeff, here's what I need you to do. Mm. Take off your headphones. Oh, I like this. Take off your headphones right now. All right. Are off. they off? They are off. Okay. Keep, make sure he's still on mic. But okay. Yeah, he's still on mic. Okay. So um, what he's going to do is you're going to say some pickup lines to him that I'm going to oh. feed to you as if you are so Chuck. So this is a Sterno de Bergerac situation. Yes. Yes. Okay. He has no idea what that means. Yes, now, he does. I'm going to. So, so I'm gonna, I've, I've pulled up a list of pickup lines and uh, I just he just needs to react to them. So right. just let him know that he needs to react to them. Okay, you need to react to the lines I am about to feed you. Okay. Can't so, hear uh, anything aside from Danielle. <laughs> so, Danielle, this is the first one. All right. Um, if you were a Transformer... If you were a Transformer... You'd be Optimus Fine. You'd be Optimus Fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck, I'm so wet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, wait, wait. Danielle, Danielle. Um... You must be made of cheese. You must be made of cheese. Because you're looking Gouda tonight. Because you're looking Gouda tonight. <laughs> pew, pew, pew. <laughs> then she did finger guns. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sold until she finger gunned me down. The finger guns seal the deal every <laughs> she time. Finger, she finger gunned him until he died. <laughs> uh, okay. If, okay, Danielle, here's another one. You yeah. ready? Yeah. If you were a vegetable. If you were a vegetable. You would be a cucumber. You'd be a cucumber. I'm allergic to cucumber, you asshole. Gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Here's my problem, and, and I can't hear if Joe's talking. Um, a, an over reliance on food puns for this one. Oh, Jeff. Yes, Jeff does. Okay, wait. Fair criticism. Okay. Danielle, um, uh -huh. this is the part where I tell Jeff to fuck off. I got one for this, but here we go. Um. Hey. Hey. My name's Microsoft. My name's Microsoft. Can I crash at your place? Can I crash at your fucking place? That's a good one, but I feel like if people didn't weren't computer savvy, they might not get it. Yeah. And in the year of 1989, Here's that's, the thing, though. That's how you weed them out. If they don't get the joke, right. then they're obviously, like, fucking... If still. they got the Optimus Prime one, they'll probably get the Microsoft Danielle, one. Yes. Danielle, here's another one. Oh, oh I, I, I got two one. more. I got oh, two, two more. more? Okay. Yeah. Two more. I feel um, so special. Right? If nothing lasts forever, will you be my nothing? If nothing 
lasts forever, will you be my nothing? I had to think about that because I'm stupid. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of like an insult, but also... Right? It's It's sort of that backhanded compliment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Here's, here's the last one that I'm going to, I'm going to do Then we can move on to a different, better bit. Um, you must be a campfire. You must be a campfire because you're super hot and I want some wars. Cause you are super hot and I want some more. <laughs> I just want everyone to know Danielle did a weird little shimmy. <laughs> I need an adult here immediately. <laughs> oh my fucking god! <laughs> I put my headset right. back on. Wait. No, no, wait, no, wait, Danielle, Danielle, oh, wait, I got one wait. more. Okay, he's got one more. This is the one that Chuck should have used. I'm in the mood for pizza. I'm in the mood for pizza. A pizza, you that is. A pizza, you that is. That would have that would have sealed the. That would have done deal. it. That would have fucking done it. Oh, Instead, he puts pizza in his pocket like a dipshit. He could have pulled yeah. out the pizza when he said that. He <laughs> just handed it to her. <laughs> I love you. Here's pepperonis. How about it? So I guess with those, uh, with all of those uh, pickup lines, I guess Danielle and I are dating now. I guess. Yeah, so. I think I want him over. I mean, yeah. it's, we've it's we've we've lived together and loved for. Almost seven years now, and I guess we can make it official. Thanks now, to these. Yeah, let's make it Facebook a fish. Yeah. Let's put that heart on the page. Da- Danielle, that was a lovely passage. Yeah. Right, thank you. Good job. Hello, all. My name is Amber, and to put it lightly, I love to read. I also happen to love podcasts, and so I've decided to combine these two loves and share them with all of you in my bite-sized bi-weekly book review podcast, The Book Nerd Diaries where every other Friday, I talk about the latest book I've crossed off of my endless to-read list and just generally act like the major nerd I am. Whether you're a bookworm like me or are looking to get back into reading, I invite you to head on over to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcast app and subscribe to the Book Nerd Diaries today. I promise you won't regret it. Thank you, and I'll see you there soon. Jojo, I think you have the middle part, right? I do have the middle part. Sweet. So I'm going to go to... Oh, and I, before we before we talk more real quick, I just want to say... Uh, Joe, you have the physical book, yeah? Yes. Okay. I have the official Kindle yeah, you do. Uh, version. So it's like a purchased version. I didn't download some weird PDF somewhere. And the amount of spelling and grammatical errors and in formatting this... formatting errors. In the, yeah, and formatting errors in this uh, Kindle book is fucking offensive. It calls Donnie <laughs> three different yeah. names. Donnie, it calls him Donnie, Denny, and Donna, Donna at one point. <laughs> um, it says it's a grandfather's clock. It's possessive multiple times before going back to grandfather <laughs> yes. clock. Before, before someone was like, no, dude, it's grandfather. And clock. then when, when the caller calls and says, hey, babe, it's babes, plural, Hey, babes. Hey, babes. No, that's, that's right. Is that oh, right? Oh, that's right. Okay, that's so that's just his dumb term. Also, okay. babes is capitalized every time. Well, yeah, it's a pet name. Hey, babes. You got to lean yeah. into it. Multiple pigs, multiple talkie pigs. So this is on page uh, 107, um, which is chapter 12. So um, this this book operates like a lot of R.L. Stein's oeuvre of the same scene 
with a couple of different permutations um, before a climax. It's and hard to tell how much time passes. Yes. Oh, God, it and, is. And one of them is she's babysitting, and uh, Chuck comes over to visit while she's babysitting, um, and she hears a noise outside. Uh, and she goes out to check out the noise. Um, and when she goes to check out the noise, um, she hears someone coughing. And this is at the bottom of the page 107. The man coughed again. <laughs> Who's there? She didn't recognize the sound of her voice. Um, she, she didn't mean to call out. Um, and then a man stepped into the circle of light. Sorry. Hope I didn't frighten you. That's Willers, the next door neighbor. He was wearing the same plaid lumberjack shirt. Hot. <laughs> Brawny looking motherfucker. You look frightened. Please don't be. It's only me. What are you doing back here, Mr. Willis? I thought I saw the Prowler back here <laughs> in the Hagen's yard. I wanted to make sure that the Prowler story again. Willis didn't make it sound too people. But what was the crash? The crash. Oh, I tripped over the Hagen's firewood pile. Set the logs crashing. I'll pick them up for him in the morning. And then she goes, but you have no flashlight. You came out without a light, without anything. And then Willard's smile, the crooked smile. I wanted to sneak up on the guy, you know, take him by surprise. And then uh, he goes, are you alone in there? <laughs> and then she's like, no, I'm not alone. A friend is over. And he goes, I see. I wondered about the car parked out front. And then he goes, you better get inside. You'll catch your death. And then she goes, why did he say that? Why did he phrase it that way? <laughs> and then she goes, okay, good night. And then she goes back inside. I applaud Willers for his deep like commitment to being deep undercover. Yeah. He like, he's so deep undercover that he's trying to be like so, spooky and threatening. Yeah, so, so Willers, Willers is, uh, as we said in the end of the book, there's a, there's a, a police officer shows up to stop Hagen before he kills Jenny. That's Willers. <laughs> the cop who no one trusts. <laughs> uh, yeah. So earlier in the book, they, they make mention of a Lieutenant. Like she calls the police the first time something weird happens. And then they say like, listen, there's a Lieutenant Ferris with the town police. He's watching on this case. Contact him. He'll help you. She never, she never does that. Yeah. But Willers turns out to be that Lieutenant Ferris who is uh, keeping an eye on this case, which is he suspects that the Hagen, Mr. Hagen is the killer or whatever. He shows up. Look at like they describe him in the typical gross goosebumps way where he's short <laughs> and has greasy hair. Yeah. And he looks like the brawny man. He's yeah. a little guido. Yeah, he's, he's yeah, he's, he's all yeah, he's yeah, yeah. stacked, but he's a little bit shorter and he's got his plaid on, you know. He is the stupidest character. <laughs> he is a delight, mostly because he doesn't say a whole lot and he doesn't flaff around he just comes in they, they introduce him in such the most typical way he may as well like hi i'm willers you're gonna think i'm the killer how's I'm it i'm the going? red herring <laughs> hi i'm red herring but yeah will is just like his police work is i'm gonna hang around this house yep knock on the door <laughs> it's a it's a uh, stakeout but i tell them i'm here yeah but i you know a common courtesy you gotta let them know i'm here yeah. So I Willers, detective, possibly investigating you. Just wanted to let you know I'd be in your backyard tripping over some shit. Bye. Bye. Later. I don't have I don't have a warrant. Farewell. <laughs> I gotta go. 
It was 1989. It was a different time. You didn't need warrants. Yeah. Then. This is back when, Joe, this is back when they did real police work. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a lot more like shooting a window as you dive through it. Get the bad guy. Yeah. You shoot the window, you dive through it. Then you fucking grab a machete and you fucking like. Stand, it's Danny Glover shooting a dude in the face like consider it revoked. Yeah. You kill everybody associated with the crime and you destroy all of the potential evidence because you don't want to get in trouble because your supervisor, the chief, has been breathing down your neck and you've only got three weeks left till retirement. yippee ki motherfucker. <laughs> I'm Willers and I'm here to stop the bad guys. Could they have made, well, could he have chosen, because Willers isn't his real name. Right. Bruce Willers. <laughs> But just the fact that there is a, a detective who is 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 flying solo. I feel like he's been on administrative leave for a while. Yeah, I think his badge and gun are uh, on his supervisor's desk. Yeah, I don't think he has his badge or gun. Give me your gun. I'm not going to need it. Yeah, I use my hands. And on my feet to trip over logs. I'm going to do this my way. The Willers way. I mean, the Ferris way, because Willers is the nickname. And they're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? When I become Willers, I go into a trance, and I do the best police work that ever has happened. And I jump so many logs. Yeah. So many. He was doing his exercise routine for police work in the backyard. He was doing the log jump. <laughs> my exercise routine police work. So that was my passage. Good, good job, Joe. Good job. So I am tasked with the end of the book which doesn't actually happen until the last five pages of the book. <laughs> there is a lot of like, is this the end? Yeah, we is kept waiting for the end to happen because by the end of the book, you're like, I'm tired of hearing Ginny's uh, inner monologue fighting with itself over... If she gaslights herself anymore, I'm going to find her and I'm going to rip her pages out. So at the end of the book, um, as we said, Ginny gets found out while babysitting to have some friends over, a makeout sesh impromptu makeout sesh. But I will I will fix one thing that you said in your um, long uh, synopsis, Danielle, is that they were, uh, two of them were invited over, so they didn't show up unannounced. Oh, I missed... She invited Chuck and she invited Laura over. She is a... Okay, you're a dumb bitch now. Fuck you. <laughs> Books changed. Uh, and so Mr. Hagen is driving her home. He's obviously very upset because earlier he speaks about how he specifically tells her, don't have people over. I hate it when people have babysitters. Babysitters have people over because they can't focus on the, the kid. And then the next time she babysits, she's like, Fuck hey, it. people come I'll bring over. everybody. I'll bring everybody. So as uh, so she has at this point, this is chapter, chapter 20, the last chapter. Literally the last chapter, everything happens. Yes. You could skip straight there. Skip straight to the end. Uh, Mr. Hagen has tried to lunge at her at the edge of the quarry and fallen off. And Willers, a.k.a. Uh, Ferris, shows up. Ferris shows up. He says, I should introduce myself, Willers said. Stop being in front of the, his battered old Honda Civic, a good police car. Oh, yeah. Well, when you're, when you're off the force, you know. So wait, wait, this is chapter 20. This is chapter 20. For me, it's page uh, 120, but for you, it's going to be probably like page P two. Page two. Uh, you probably guessed that my name isn't Willers, and I'm not the next door neighbor. Yeah, Ginny said, shivering. She reached for the door handle. She wanted to get inside the car where it was warmer. And I just want to let you know, also, she just saw a man die and is out in the freezing cold on the edge of town. He's like, my name is Ferris, Lieutenant Ferris. You're the policeman? That's right. I'm with the town police. I was assigned to this case. 
Can we get in the car? And he stammered, I'm not feeling too well. Oh, sorry. Pulled open the door. Let's arrange. This is page 163. Yeah. So, and then she's in the car with them. She's like, where are you taking me? The police station? Ginny asked, shaking all over, unable to get warm. No, I'm going to take you home, Ferris said. I think you've had enough excitement for one night. And then he continues to drive her approximately 10 plus miles back to her house. Leaving a yep, dead leaving guy. Leaving the crime scene. <laughs> Not taking any statement from the one other witness. He's taking the one other witness and victim, potentially, back to her house, leaving the car evidence and the dead man whose wife and child. Now, now let's now there's one character in this story that we didn't we didn't mention in our synopsis, but who's very important, and that is of course Pack of Dogs. Pack of Dogs. Pack of wild dogs. They come in real late. Strolling through, chilling out. Mm-hmm. They had just gotten done kicking Simba out or whatever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> laughing at his ass. Yeah. And then they were all probably like, guys, there's a dead guy right here. <laughs> <laughs> guys, guys, guys. <laughs> what did I say? Quarry is where we get our we quarry. We just won the fucking quarry lottery. It's, just, right? it's so great that Willers, again, proves to be the most inept... <laughs> Policeman. Why did you lose your badge? So here's, okay, Willers. Okay, okay, Officer Ferris, what's your plan of tracking down this babysitter killer? Okay, okay, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna prowl around the house at night while the babysitter's there. Maybe I'll knock on the door once or twice. We'll see what the fuck happens. I won't use a flashlight. I'm not gonna have backup. Once I actually see that the father's going to do something to the babysitter, I'm assuming no reason to suspect. No reason to suspect anything. Also, I'm gonna let the child get in the potential murderer's car and watch them drive 10 miles out of town to a quarry at the very last minute i'll jump out ask him to stop do nothing else and then watch him throw himself off after which i will leave his rotting corpse at the bottom of this quarry where there probably will be people coming to work in the morning as well as his car full of evidence and fingerprints the girl's gonna go home i'm just gonna let her chill out with her mom do you you think willers got all the way home before it was like Fuck, fuck, I left the body at the quarry. Shit, he, I gotta call like, somebody. Fuck. He was laying in bed and it was like it was like a few moments of like, ah. And then he shoots up like the mom from Home Alone and is like, Kevin! <laughs> she realized that they left Kevin McAllister. Quarry! Quarry! <laughs> we left Kevin McAllister at the bottom of a quarry. God damn it. Why? And then, and then Kevin, and then Kevin has to set up a series of industrial traps to stop the wet bandits from stealing I marble from the quarry. Wait for that part. How fucking offensive to the wife and <laughs> child. <laughs> she's just, she's just hope like, man, he's been gone. He's been dropping her. I bet you he's, I bet, you know what? My girlfriend said, you shouldn't get a cute babysitter with your husband around because we've seen the dirty films, but I don't believe him. But he's been gone a long time. I think I'll call the police to find out where he is. The police answer it. It's Willers. He's, they're like, have you, have seen- you seen Mr. Hagen? <laughs> I saw what was left of him. And then she hangs and then he just hangs up. Oh, wait, no, wait, no, I got another. I got another. <laughs> nah, you can't talk to him. He's dead tired. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> That is why. <laughs> that is why there are there's more than one book in this series, and I don't know about the other books, but if in the second book, if Jenny is the protagonist of the second book, the wife or Donnie or is going to be the villain. Yeah, for sure. I mean, because they were totally like 
just left. Fuck it. Like, well, and also, so because it says specifically, he drove her out of town like ten plus miles, which even going eighty five miles an hour in the car, which she was doing, yeah, that's still like a good like ten fifteen minutes to get where they were at. They're at the quarry. It's another good ten minutes, twenty minutes. He, uh, Willers drives her back to her place. He tells the whole story of what happened to the mom and to Chuck who were there. It's definitely like two a.m. now. Yeah. Do you think if I'm assuming Mrs. Hagen probably at this point would have called the police, no, the real have, police would have called Jenny's house and been like, hey, did Jenny get home? OK, and be like, yeah, she's fine. Oh, is, did my husband drop her off? Because he hasn't come home yet. Watch the papers tomorrow, Mrs. Hagen. <laughs> and then the, and then the papers say dead body found. <laughs> <laughs> So that's that's my part, which is honestly the culmination of this book. And we should just underscore the fact that he got there and wasn't going to do shit. Yeah. No, he he was like, don't do it. And then the and guy then he did, did it. And he, went. and he was just like, well, I tried. The only reason Ginny didn't die is because she sm- she crab walked to the left <laughs> a little bit when Mr. Hagen jumped at her. <laughs> the classic move. Which she probably could have done anyways, even if Willers yeah, didn't show. Definitely didn't need Willers there to do that. Yeah. So listen, f- fellows, there's something about our show that I love. Uh, it's that we talk about books. Do we? Do we? I kind of. But we never get to talk about everything in the book, and we save some of the juiciest nugs for a section that I like to call, Can We Talk About It? Then the theme music rolls up. Do, 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 do. Can we talk about it? The last part of our show. A lot, if we may, let's talk about various aspects of the babysitter. I'd like to start with uh, a good one. Okay, because I'm coming with these um, off the dome, so I'm... That's me too, actually. I haven't ever <laughs> been down jack shit. Um, can we talk about how the little kid uh, knows the word compromise like a psychopath? Can we talk about how despite the fact that Mr. Hagen is so frantic about the safety of his child... Also, we forgot to talk about... Oh, oh, that'll be... Can we talk about... He's so frantic about the safety of Donnie, his child, but manages to lose Donnie in a mall, which is the way that Ginny initially finds Donnie alone, almost falling into a fountain. Can we talk about the fact that that stupid shit was going to fall into a fountain and the stupider shit that they would have a fountain deep in a mall? Not in America. Not in lawsuit land. Mm -mm. Can we talk about how the most she could have possibly gotten paid was 20 bucks a night? (laughs) And that was gonna that was gonna really help her mom. <laughs> well, that part, yeah. Can we talk about how immediately after she's returned home by a police officer who states that there, that Jenny saw the death of a man after being harassed, harangued, and kidnapped? The mother says, "Oh, by the way, the neighbors down the street have twins. They might want you to babysit." Oh yes, that motherfucker. <laughs> That mom is toxic as hell. That mom is shit, dude. Can we talk about how uh, Chuck, the charming and wonderful Chuck, dissected a rubber chicken and that was something that people thought was great? Yeah, and can we talk about the fact that in the very opening of the book, she looks out and is like, is that a dog? It's a rock. That's literally how it is written. Is that a dog? <laughs> it's a it's rock. A rock. <laughs> Can we talk about how at one point she's startled by a noise in the kitchen only to find a cat up on the counter eating sugar? 
Yes. Which is a thing that a cat wouldn't do because cats can't taste sweet things, I'm pretty sure. Can we talk about the fact that R.L. Stein clearly hates cats and is trying to teach kids to make their cats eat sugar and it'll kill them because he hates cats. Can we talk about how when Chuck called the house and couldn't speak um, and she kept listening to him breathing, Donnie also was listening to him breathing? That's so weird. It was it was heavy breathing and then slightly lighter breathing. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, she uh, says it sounds like groaning. That's the this is that's the noise that Chuck made. That was a thousand percent a jerk off call. I'm just saying. Can we talk about how um, the Hagens have a house that is so fucked up and run down that the windows are busted and cracked yet they still have a house that manages to have two separate phone lines can we talk about how fucking the part of the backstory of mr hagen was he beat up a babysitter and to get away from the stigma he moved across town (laughs) yes can we also talk about how his wife didn't see that as a tremendous red flag when he <laughs> beat up a child? And the way he was acting around Ginny constantly. Yeah, the wife is just like, well, this is, he's got to work it out, you know? I swear to God, she's the killer in the next one. Did we talk about the fact that what, they had a kid die and that's why he's pissed? Yeah, no. <laughs> can, we, yeah, can we talk about how three-fourths through the way of the book, the plot, the plot point is dropped that there was another Donnie, but was a girl whose name we don't know who- It's probably Donna. Donna. Who who all who died, and that's the reason that Mr. Hagen is so bonkers because he assumes that the babysitter was at fault. Yeah, so good. So can we also can we talk can we talk about how when Jenny finally calls the police, she calls the operator and asks for the number of the police instead of dialing nine one one. And when she does talk to the operator, the operator instead of patching her through just gives her another phone number which she then calls and then the police give her another phone number for willers so no wonder he thinks he's safe moving across town they're all playing they're too busy playing phone tag that's that's true lame it's true no one clears their messages can we talk about how mr hagen is constantly stated to have a limp but that plays no role in the yes. book whatsoever thank you can we talk about how RL, like, it seemed like he was making a nice homage to Poltergeist at one point, and then he just fucking trashes it. He backhands, uh, what the fuck is I said? Uh, Poltergeist. He backhands he, it so hard. He says the movies seem to be a series of loud, disconnected scenes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh shit. RL. Coming in hot, not sparing anyone. Yeah. Wow. Not like an RL Stein joint. Also, can we talk about how Ginny constantly imagines things that aren't there, like an old-timey couple at the fireplace and then leaves turning into squirrels holding hands dancing out in the the front lawn? I do remember that thinking that's bonkers. Can we talk about her obsession with Donnie's fucking hair Mm. and blue eyes? That is creepy as all hell. She either sounds like she's in love with him or she wants him to start their new German... Empire. Can we talk about how there's a part where she says, man, girls better be careful around him when he's older. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And can we also talk about how Laura says in response to something akin to that, kids are so sophisticated these days. Laura said, my nephew Eddie's only four and he's already into girls. Yeah. It's like, 
Okay, buddy. All yeah, right. because I'm sophisticated. Pull your pants back up when you're talking about your nephew. With also right? lines, and yeah, the hair thing. See you Saturday night, she whispered, running her hand tenderly through his amazing Fuck hair. Fuck you, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> he felt so warm like a little stone. Fuck off. Oh, delicious. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk about why at the, the last bus ride she takes, she says that the bus driver's not stopping at lights or stop signs <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> just blazing through. Can we talk about how Willer's big plan to save her before things got too bad was he chased her from the bus stop? <laughs> and then give up after he couldn't reach her? Ah, fuck it. I'll rescue her at the quarry. He like ran 20 feet. was just like, oh, <gasps> fuck shit. this shit. Oof, oof. She'll be fine. She'll be fine. Yeah, she's just... good. She's good. She's good. Woo. God, I gotta, I gotta start exercising. Can we talk about how uh, Jenny's mom, without thinking twice, gave out both Jenny's work number and her physical location to a random boy who called on the phone? It was the eighties, Jeff. It was a <laughs> time. You could, you could leave your doors unlocked. <laughs> Not in this town. Not in this economy. I do have one. I have one specific note that I wrote down, along with a piece of dialogue. From Jenny's from Jenny's internal monologue, where she's when the when she's going outside and she before she sees Willers uh, out in the darkness, the garage light hadn't there been a bright yellow spotlight on the side of the garage when she arrived? It was dark now, no light at all. Maybe she remembered incorrectly. Maybe the spotlight hadn't been on. But if it hadn't, how did she remember one being there? And the note that I have for this is <laughs> Jenny is dumb Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> <laughs> I think we settled on the anti-Sherlock. Anti-Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> where Sherlock Holmes makes a question and then like follows it. And Jenny just goes through like the multiverse of potential outcomes for any situation. <laughs> She's 300 IQ in this fucking light. Yeah. <laughs> that's all. That's, I yeah, think I that's think, the I one I got. Uh, uh, yeah. So uh, what do we think, squad? Final final verdict on the babysitter? Uh, I like I liked it. I th I think it was fine. I think that again, uh, it just like every R.L. Stein book, that middle part where it just repeats the scene. It's like a play. Like they, they couldn't do a lot of set dressing, so they have to use all the dining got. room. We've only got so much budget for the backdrop. Yeah, this book this book runs. All of his books run on, as if they are actually budgeted, and they only have yeah, so much. He's got to think ahead. He's smart. How does this become a show? How are they going to do all of her internal monologue? Yes. How are we going to show that most of the book is just? Jenny being like, is that a squirrel? Oh, or is it a leaf? Oh, it's a squirrel leaf. Yeah. Okay, it's going to be, she's like Buffy. Buffy, the, the babysitter. The babysitter. Buffy and the babysitter. She'll babysit children whose parents are monsters. Every episode, she has to convince the child to use the child's monster powers to kill the to kill the parent and become the parent. Every every episode, like the first episode will end with Donnie driving a stake through his dad's heart, and then he goes, I'm the dad now. That's my pitch for the Babysitter TV show. Danielle, what do you think the Babysitter TV show is going to be about? Okay, I think the Babysitter TV show is going to be, <laughs> so they're going to think like, okay, well, we had great success with the Babysitter's Club, 
right? So maybe there just needs to be more babysitters. So she's a babysitter. She's the babysitter. But what if we had like, I don't know, four or five other babysitters who we just check in on every so once just for fun. And they're all and they're all dealing with serial killers. This is part of the greater babysitters club universe, the the BCU. The BCU. <laughs> Okay, I love that. <laughs> I love that. They'll cross over with the boxcar children and fucking Agatha Christie. They have the new Hardy Boys show that just popped up. Yeah, now. Fuck. it's pretty good, actually. Oh, my God, I would love that. Yeah. Okay, Jeff, Jeff, bring us home. What All do right. you think the Babysitter's <laughs> TV show is going to be about? It's going to be a docudrama. I think Ooh. it's going to be in the vein of The Office, where there's going to be a film crew that follows her around on her first babysitting gig. <laughs> I like this. She oh constantly gets to pull aside. All the characters get to do their own little, like, sit down, like, facing camera Yeah, they interviews. get to do their talking head portion. It's going to be a little bit of Top Chef because it gives everyone a chance to badmouth one another without being in each other's faces. That's right. And it also gives Ginny the opportunity to really just let that inner monologue go, and it doesn't seem inorganic because she's doing it in this documentary style setting. And it'll be like mm -hmm. Donnie will be there like, I can't wait to date ladies. Uh, thank you to the band Dog Party for the use of our theme song Bad Dream off of the album Hit and Run. It is a fucking amazing song from an amazing band. You can check them out at dogpartylive.com and dogparty.bandcamp.com The next episode, full episode of our show is going to be coming out on Two days before the Christmas is the days. Ooh. December 22nd. Oh my gosh. That's my birthday. I know. Really? Danielle's coming out on your birthday. Yeah. The next book on Geesebumps is going to be the absolute classic Goosebumps 7, Night of the Living Dummy. And then and then uh, hopefully on the 15th, we'll have a, 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 a mini bump about something. Yeah, yep. something. We'll figure something. it out. We'll, we'll figure, figure it out yeah. the day before. Well, yeah. Oh, also, if you like Geesebumps, a Did You Mean Goosebumps podcast, then you should also check out some of our other works. So we have a video game Let's Play, comedy Let's Play called JoJo Has Fun. It is on YouTube at youtube.com slash JoJo Has Fun. You can also find us on Twitter at twitter.com slash JoJo Has Fun. We have new episodes that come out every Wednesday and Saturday with some extra stuff here and there. And we tweet pretty much every single day. We also have a Dungeons and Dragons actual play comedy podcast as well. It is called The Roles We Made. It is currently in Arc 5. We have so many episodes. There's so many hours of this amazing show we've been doing. Uh, Jojo, Danielle, myself, and then friend of the show, uh, Emma Haney, also comedian in the Sacramento area, is on the show. And it is fantastic. It's got a lot of drama and comedy and action. So if you like Dungeons and Dragons and you like us, you should check that out as well. You can find that on any podcast platform such as Spotify, Podbean, iTunes. Just look for the roles we made. Also for Geesebumps, you can find us everywhere. You can find us on iTunes. You can find us on Spotify, Podbean. Uh, if you like our show, please give us a five-star review on iTunes. You can also drop us a comment. If you do drop us some feedback on iTunes, we will give you a shout-out on one of our episodes, so a little bit of incentive. You can also add us on Twitter at geesebumps underscore pod. Uh, and then I guess there's only one thing left to do, and that's for Danielle. You got to read that final, that final passage. Oh, man, it's a good final passage, I think. I guess there's something to be learned, uh, even in such a terrible tragedy, Mrs. Jeffers said. But the important thing is that you're safe. You're here. You're all right. Oh, I almost forgot. 
she put down her mug hard on the counter. Mrs. Milton, you know, down the block. Oh, that's her talking. Mrs. Milton, you know, down the block with the twins. She called tonight, Jenny. She wants to know if you can babysit next week. It should have ended there. It does not. Because that would have been the worst twist ending ever. Jenny stared at her mother in disbelief. M mother? I, I, well, I, no, I don't think so. I, I think maybe I'll give it a miss. That's right. Chuck said, taking Jenny's hand. She has a steady babysitting job on Friday nights, Mrs. Jeffers. What? Jenny's mother looked very confused. From now on, she's babysitting me, Chuck said. Chuck was the only one who left. Thank you, could've, Chuck. Could have ended there, too. <laughs> it could have ended there, too. <laughs> the Lord of the Rings Return of the King of fucking book endings. <laughs> Thank you, Chuck, Jenny said. That was the perfect dreadful joke to end a perfectly dreadful evening. She pulled him up from the counter and, holding his hands tightly and leaning wearily against him, she walked him to the door to say goodnight. And that's where it ends. Mr. Hagen will return in the babysitter, too. I'm Jojo. I have a PhD in English. Danielle, I have a PhD in English. I am Jeff, and I was a latchkey kid. Thank fucking God. <laughs> <laughs> this has been Goosebumps, the Digimade Goosebumps podcast. And until next time, stay out of the basement. Just like somebody I used to.